0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe.
0: Man, I hate the offseason. There's just nothing to
2: talk about. There's no baseball. There's no games going on. Are you kidding me? Shoei Otani just signed for $700 million, Mark. I think that qualifies as something going on. Okay, but he didn't sign here. It's
0: not like he has any connection to the Rockies. You know who has a connection to the Rockies? Russell Wilson used to be a farmhand for the Rockies. We can talk about that. Russell Wilson is an NFL quarterback, Mark. We're not going to talk about that. Okay, but you know, hey, you know who made been a great pitcher? We could put him up on the hill. Have you seen Nicole Jokic throw full court passes? Man, that guy would throw ninety five plus on the mound.
2: I know they're called baseball passes, Mark, but this is the NBA now we're talking about.
0: God, you're so strict. Um, what? Oh, well, dude, baseball player. Let's talk about Dion. Dion, we've been over Dion. Are you going to keep talking
2: about Dion? Is that all you talk about?
0: All right, you're right. Um, okay. Oh, I got it. I've got it. Here, you ready for this one? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. We could probably do two or three podcasts on this. Next time we go on, let's talk about... It's the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mark Knudsen. Give me a Knudsen. Knudsen! Thank you. It was a day that longtime fans of the Colorado Rockies had waited a lifetime for. Finally, the first homegrown Rocky, a guy who spent his entire career in purple pinstripes, was on the cusp of the Hall of Fame. This week on the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast, Patrick Lyons and I are rejoined by Manny Randowa of MLB.com to talk about the meaning of Todd Helton joining the Hall of Fame. But it wasn't a sure thing going in.
2: Yeah, I Announcement just,
0: hasn't I, happened yet, Paul Parker. How confident are you right now? You know, you, you were with Todd Helton for a long time.
1: I was a fan of Todd's uh, for his entire career. So his entire 17-year career here I had the privilege of watching him play. I'm utterly convinced he should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, I, I'm nervous. I'm, I don't think it's a slam dunk. I'm confident. I'm hopeful. And uh, we will soon know.
0: What do you
1: think? Yes. If Helton gets in, I'm going to have a shot. Uh, I'm juiced. I mean, if Joe Maurer is on the ballot, I mean, and, and he, everybody's saying he's going to make it. Papa Todd's gonna be there I mean it has to happen Uh, absolutely confident Um, you know I haven't seen too many detractors uh, you know saying Coors effect or anything and then another big thing is you know with that 20% jump or whatever it was I mean it's a no-brainer it has to happen and he has to be the second Rocky in Cooperstown it just it has to be all right Patrick uh,
0: we're five, five minutes from the announcement what's your confidence level
1: Maybe better than it should be. You think? Well, it's all about the, the confidence you have in the voters, right, in, in those private... We're, we're kind of in the same spot that we were at with Larry Walker back in 2020. Only difference was Walker was in the final year on the ballot. And so you kind of thought that those you know private ballots or those ballots we hadn't seen just yet, they were going to maybe be a little bit more favorable. Whereas right now, that's not necessarily the case. You could vote for Todd Helton next year. So it's yep. not... You know, quite as pressing so he could lose some votes in that capacity
0: yeah I would agree with you although I, I don't share your confidence in the voting block and we've talked about this before I, I think the wrong people are doing the voting these guys are watching on MLB Network right now almost everybody they bring up they would put in and I agree with them I think there's half as many guys in the Hall of Fame as there should be at this point we should have two and a half three percent of the guys who've ever played the game be in the Hall of Fame, rather than one and a half percent there's a lot of short under undereducated people voting and I think that could be especially on the east coast that could
1: be the downfall What's funny is this off season there was, you know, something that was brought up by some East Coast people saying there's a lot of groupthink within you know voters for the BBWAA and just kind of following the line that everyone else is going with. And you know, there there might not be as as much confidence in, in one's own votes. I mean, that's the whole concept of keeping your ballot private, is you're not necessarily willing to defend it or yeah, maybe you exactly. didn't do your homework to actually yeah, find out, hey, are there ten guys that are actually on the ballot or going back and looking and saying let's look at a ballot from 1970 or 1988 or 1997 and say, oh shoot, there actually were 10 to 15 Hall of Famers that were on the ballot at one time. It took them a few years to get in. But, boy, there were a lot of Hall of Famers that were on that ballot in that year, and that's always going to be true, and that's especially true of this year's ballot.
0: I think it's going to continue to get bigger as analytics plays a bigger role in the evaluation process because, listen, at first I wasn't a Larry Walker guy. I didn't think he played enough games. He hadn't reached the milestones that we all heard about. But when you break it down analytically and you see how he compared to the other guys that were already in the Hall of Fame analytically, it wasn't even close. He was a sure-fire Hall of Famer. Helton's analytics are, are awesome. They look. They compare He's better than a lot of guys who are already in the Hall of Fame. Yet there are people that are going to downplay that at least for now. Maybe they're, I hate to say this, being an old school baseball guy, but maybe there needs to be more emphasis
1: on analytics and, and advanced statistics moving forward as we evaluate these guys and really giving context to those numbers as well. And you could look and say, "Oh man, look at the look at the uh, the split. Look at the difference between home and road numbers." Okay, yeah, sure, it's it's very big. And that's true for a lot of players who. You know, play up to their, their ballpark. It's more favorable to them. But if you were to just sit and look at Todd Helton's road numbers, they're comparable with other players of his generation, other greats of his generation, the other great first basemen of all time. And so if you take that noise out of it of, ah oh, man, he was way better at Coors than on the road, and you say, well, how good just was his road numbers? They're Hall of Fame worthy. And people don't put enough stock into, as Manny talks about, the Coors Field
0: effect on, when you go on the road. How much harder it is for Rockies hitters to hit on the road as it is for some others because because it's so different. And I think his road numbers alone validate how great a player he was.
1: Yeah, you also have the the whole element of you know not being attached to the PED era uh, in, in, quite in the same way as so many other guys that have either been put into the Hall of Fame or have have just missed out uh, and are still on the ballot. Like there's there's a lot of aspects to that that suggest okay, well, Todd Helton isn't being penalized in a certain way. He's being penalized for other things, and he's not getting the benefit of that or getting any any bonus, any, any push because he did things the right way and stayed in one team, and he wasn't a malcontent, and he was a leader uh, on a team that you know went to the World Series and, and did things that not a ton of expansion teams had done.
0: When the announcement was made, there were plenty of cheers and even a few tears. So
1: his entire 17 I see tears. I see tears. People are crying. Oh yeah, this this is huge. This is uh, this is huge. You'll want to stay
0: tuned. So much to talk about with Manny and Patrick, including who might be the next Rocky and Cooperstown. We talk about it all coming up next right here on the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. The place to catch all the big game action is at Stoney's Bar and Grill, now with four great locations, including Winter Park and the original at 11th and Lincoln. Great food, great service, and unrivaled game day atmosphere. There's no better place to watch your favorite teams in action. To find out more, check out stonysbarandgrill.com. Well, gentlemen, it is it is official. It is complete. Manny Randawa joins Patrick Lyons and I. He's a Hall of Famer. Todd Hilton got, got elected. I, I think by probably more votes than we anticipated. Almost 80%, which I don't think we thought was going to be that close. Um, but it's gratifying nonetheless. And it, it is a journey fulfilled. And Manny, well, let's get your thoughts first. How's Rocky Nations feeling feeling right now?
2: Well, I mean, I I don't know. I I, I would think that they're, you know, feeling pretty good about it. You know, I think it's I, I it really looked to me that it was gonna be, like you said, it was gonna be close. I thought I really thought it was gonna be you know, maybe a couple of votes on either side. And because of the historic drop, when you look at the numbers, look at last year, for example, Todd uh, dropped six and a half percent between the public ballots that we see on Ryan Thibodeau's great tracker Ooh. and the um, total in the, in the end when everything's counted up. So this time he dropped about th- half that. Yeah. And so that was great, um, you know, to see that the, the writers, and I think among the private ballots, he got exactly 75%. So to see that was really really good uh, in terms of progress, you know, regarding how the riders are voting. I mean, a lot of new riders, obviously, there's some turnover there too. But I think I think that was really a, a, a statement statement of progress. There are a lot of problems with Hall of Fame voting, but yeah. they have yeah. we'll, we'll there there are two rookies that are in there now in the last four years, so that's good progress.
0: Patrick, um, we were, were down to Cherry Crick, Cricket, and everybody obviously is very excited there. Uh, it's been a couple of days now. We've let that kind of settle down but um there's still a lot of angst about the voting process but i think one thing that was different this year i don't know how you guys are both going to be voters but fairly soon right In the next few years you'll both be voters um the new voters seem to all almost all go for help i that's why honor thibodeau's I mean, the, the new voters uh guys who weren't ashamed to, to make their ballot public um it's funny i'm a heisman trophy voter and i'm not allowed to make my vote public before the, before the thing but i like the like that. And do you think the Hall of Fame, by the time you guys are voters, might almost require that?
1: It could be. I know uh, in our some of our previous BBWA meetings uh, that we had, like at the winter meetings, there's been some conversations about how you know the voting might just look a little bit different. It'll still be a ballot format, but uh, it, it could potentially change with everything being public. And then you would have to specifically opt out rather than now you have to opt in to have your ballot made public. I think with a younger generation of of voters they came up now in this era of ryan thibodeau's tracker and so now they've seen this and now they are a little bit used to okay you know you've got this responsibility so you now need to go and speak on why you think these guys are hall of famers or why they're not and so i i think now if you're getting into this industry if you've gotten into it in the last you know five plus years you realize that okay you you need to have some evidence you can't just go out there and, and be a, a talking head and there's uh, no consequences, not that anyone should suffer any real consequences, right, but right. hey, people are gonna you know blow you up on social mm-hmm. media or uh, if they meet you in person, say, hey, <laughs> what you said makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. I, I don't really get that. so I think uh, perhaps the, you know the, these younger voters are just a little bit more informed because they've seen how yeah. um, certain ramifications can be when you are uninformed for, for some of the older populace
0: or you can ask them what they didn't see because some of these people, so
2: I didn't see it this year. I didn't see one. Maybe I missed one, but I didn't see anybody sending a blank ballot. Manny, did you, did you see any blank ballots? No, I didn't. Um, I saw one with like Beltray and scale yeah. or something like that, which is three, almost as one. almost as in my opinion, as bad as a blank ballot. But I think, um, Patrick, yeah, said, it, uh, correctly. I, I agree. I think that, I think that there, it should be made public. Um, everybody should be made public because, uh, again, you, you need to, he, he had the right word. You need to have an explanation. You need, you need to explain why you chose who you chose because yeah, I think, I, I think it falls along generational lines. You know, the old, old school guys are, are used to sending this to, and they still send it through the mail, you know, so they're, they're used oh, yeah. to like getting this thing, you know, filling out, you know, who they think they it should be and putting it in the mail and they're done. A- and we're just not in that era anymore. Now we're, everything is much more scrutinized and, 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 you know, there's a, there are pros and cons to that, but one of the pros is you can't get away with just filling it out without too much thought. Yeah, you can't to, be can't half-ass it. You're right, absolutely. right. You got you got to really give this a lot of consideration. As we're not athletes, uh, pro athletes, so uh, you you used to be, so you could probably actually shed some light on this. But it's a big deal, man, to them. Oh, the Hall of Fame is no not question. is not trivial. It, it's a huge deal, especially the baseball Hall of Fame. Yep. Uh, well, you know, given that only a little over one percent get in. So this is this is important in their lives and you can't you can't uh you can't really you can't just give it a cursory look. You gotta really dig
0: in. I, I totally agree with you. And we saw Todd Helton look on Todd's Helton's face when he got the announcement. We saw a smile, yeah. we don't really see how Todd Helton very often. And he was he was nervous talking. He wasn't comfortable in front of the camera. He was nervous. Uh, I don't think he talking. I
2: don't think he was uh sold that he was gonna get in this year. I think you're right. I think you're right um, about because that. Man, when I saw a lot of the, especially, I, I don't know if he was following the tracking, but I, I I saw a lot of these, he had five or six drops, you know, yes, like from guys six. who voted. I believe at least people six, People who yeah. voted for him last year, mm-hmm. who dropped him this year. And I think I, almost all of them, maybe one wasn't, but all but one, I think, were, had room on their ballots. Yes. It wasn't like they voted yes. for the maximum and they ran out of room. It was insane. And Patrick, so for him to get in is great.
0: Patrick, you and I talked about this a little bit ago. I wonder about you, we, Manny. we've talked about change in the, the voting. I mean, drastically change. It's never going to be drastically changed. It'll be gradual as changes, but um, part of me wonders if the Hall of Fame people don't kind of, I won't say enjoy, but at least are comfortable with the controversy. They don't mind the controversy because it draws eyeballs. In the middle of football, se- football playoffs, in the middle of the basketball season, baseball needs some attention, and this gets it. If negative or positive, it's still attention. Patrick, you, you, I think you said you think they do like the controversial part of this.
1: Well, I wouldn't use the word controversial, but they do right. like the fact that you know we're we're still we're talking about this and and right. that each and every year, you know, the ballot tracker. While on one hand, you say, "Oh, that takes away some of the excitement." Oh, we all knew. No, Belcher I don't think so. Get in. Yeah. But we certainly didn't know that about Maurer and Helton. So uh, I I don't yeah, necessarily you know, and then you could speculate, yeah, but maybe we would have had a better uh guess as to or better uh emotional investment in Gary Sheffield, but we knew going in he was already going to be short. So uh, you know, on on one hand, yeah, there is that, you know, uh lack of aha moment of like, oh my gosh, it really happened. We didn't we didn't know what to expect, but we still don't. So yeah, the the hall of fame likes that you know, throughout two months of the off season, starting in December, when people can uh, submit their ballots there, they can go ahead and write an article. Hey, here's what I was thinking. And it starts this conversation. I think, you know, there's, there's no system that you can probably come up with. That's going Mm -hmm. to be perfect by no means, but I think this is probably the best system that we currently have the 10 voters uh, or or the, the 10 players that you can vote for. Maybe that, you know, that, that, that's not so great, but we also do have a system in place where there's a veterans committee that can go in and correct those wrongs. Uh, if it's just a yes or no thing, I think almost in a lot of ways that takes the fun out of it, uh, in, in a very big way, you know, think about Mark Burley's was still on the ballot and Andy Pettit's still going. We wouldn't be talking about these guys for the last five to nearly 10 years. If the first year on the ballot, they don't necessarily get in. So, you know, baseball is, is that sport? I feel like more than, than any of the other major ones where you just have conversations and you talk about the generations. And so for the conversation to continue to go on because of the the system that we have, you know, I, I think that's all right. And, and, and just to go back on the public ballot piece, when Manny and I voted on the end of year awards, those are all public. You go to BBWA. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. You see who all 30 voters for all of the four, uh, you know, major awards who they voted for, except when it comes to the Hall of Fame, that's not the case.
2: Man, why should why should it be any different for the Hall of Fame? If right. it's a BBWAA thing, it doesn't make sense that it would be different. I, I agree, and I think to Patrick's point, I I have come around on the idea that it shouldn't be up and down really recently because people need time to, to, yeah. to, to consider, guys. Clearly, and Clearly. I, yeah. I think that – so I, I think the up and down, the yes or no, is probably not the best way to go about it. I think that but I, something Joel Sherman said the other day on the network made a lot of sense. He's like for the minimum thing, if you're not going to do away with the minimum, I think you should do away with it. But if you're not going to do away with the five percent minimum that you have to get to to stay on the ballot, at least don't let that kick in until like you're four or something so that guy, you know, guys can stay on for at least a couple of years so that you can really give them some consideration, especially when there's that 10 man limit, you know, I think the ten man limit doesn't make any sense. We're not we're 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 not gonna. I don't think you we can get too many people in right now. I mean, I'm not I, saying like you can. I'm not saying to, to to change the criteria to make it easier to get in the Hall of Fame. I'm just saying when there are a lot of candidates that fit the fit the fit the criteria, a reasonable criteria for the Hall of Fame, they should be allowed to vote for them fair. all, and not have to make these choices about well. You know, and by and the other thing too, a lot of people talk about. Well, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. wasn't, you know, unanimous, and who are the people who didn't vote for him and stuff like that. Well, yeah, maybe some people were just being ridiculous, but like a lot of them also, they probably just had they had like ten other guys and they're like Griffey's going to get in, so I'm not going right. to waste a vote on him. So yeah. that's important to remember too. We can do away with all of these like these gymnastics that we have to do if we just get rid of that limit. <laughs> and I don't see why we have to have the five percent limit. And if you want to just clear, clear, clear off the ballot more, if you if you do away with the 10-man uh, limit, you don't have to worry about the 5% thing because the reason I think a big reason for the 5% line is so that the ballot doesn't get so big that it's hard to vote for uh, fewer than 10. Patrick, you said you don't want to take the
0: fun out of it. I can tell you right now, fun is not what the players are worried about. <laughs> it
2: might be fun also, football, well, Also, but, the Thibodeau thing, okay. by the way, Mark, another uh, thing, the Thibodeau thing I think has done a great service to baseball. Oh, I agree. I agree. Uh, that 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 tracker is the reason why a lot of this transparency is happening. A lot of people yeah. are writing these columns because they 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 totally feel agree. the need to explain. Whereas before, you could get away with not doing it. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. As
0: far as dropping off, Matt Holiday's is going to drop off now. He didn't get five percent of the votes. I think that's sad. I think uh, Matt deserves as you guys both put a, a longer look, a better look. Is he he? I have a hard time understanding why Matt Hall is Matt Holiday a victim of course the course field bias. I, I don't know why he would, because he had such great success with St. Louis. Patrick? Yeah, no,
1: I, I wouldn't say he's he's a victim of that. It, why he had, why? He, why he's in the hall of he's in the hall of very good, right? You know, he doesn't have okay. the MVP on the on the resume, you know, he's got some postseason ex uh experience with uh with st louis obviously and you know played a little bit with the yankees and you know so he did a decent job at compiling you know was one of the the best players uh you know uh, at his as position at the time but never really the best and so sure. that that becomes a little bit harder to do i mean you know uh you mark you're going to say something about taking the fun out of it and yeah. play, you know having to wait each about- year. but but think about this though and, and tell me if i'm wrong if we have a different system where it's yes or no, Todd Helton's not in the hall of fame right no, now. And it could be another 20 years until yep. a veterans committee wisens up to the impact of Coors Field yep. and the, the, that false noise of home road splits. Well, he was better at home or on the road, Who but wasn't. how good was he on the they road? All they yeah. all are exactly. So his numbers on the roads were, was great. So by continuing these conversations, I think people get a lot more educated and it would have been interesting to see what would have happened with a guy like, Matt holiday, if if he would have stayed on the ballot, like I feel like David Wright's kind of that guy. Now he had a much shorter career that injuries kind of, you know, derailed, but I, I sort of see those guys in a similar vein. I don't don't know that David Wright was ever like the best third baseman Uh, at any one point. He was always maybe number two or number three holiday might've been number four, number five at his position, but David Wright will be an interesting case because he barely just got the 5%. And again, it'll just be interesting to see how long He's able to get down. I guess he'll stay on the ballot. That's, a, that's the thing I, I haven't really gone back to look at is mm-hmm. in this new format, guys who've made a ballot two, three, or four years and then fell off. I feel like if you've made yeah. it one year, you're probably going to go, you're probably going to make it to 10 years like mm-hmm. a, at that point. So uh, that's definitely something worth worth going back. And You know, it's been said many times before, if you go back and look at a ballot from 1950, 1960, 1980, 1990, there's like 15 Hall of Fame names mm-hmm. that are on there. All 15 of those guys didn't get in in the same year, but it just speaks to the quality yep. of players that are on the ballot each and every yeah. year. So there's 15 guys on this ballot right now. And again, different caliber. First ballot guy like Adrian Beltre, no doubt 3,000. And then you go down to the list and then is number 15, a guy like Mark Burley. You know, we'll wait and see what happens in 20, 30 years time.
0: There were seven guys on this ballot. I think should have been in the Hall of Fame. So I, I seven guys, I mean, I don't think, I think Beltron, Andrew Jones, I've been championing for a long time, Billy Wagner, Gary Sheffield, all four of those guys belong in the Hall of Fame, and hopefully all of them at Sheffield will get that opportunity. Chef's going to have to wait for the Veterans Committee. But to your point, Patrick, Manny, your guy, Kenny Lofton, is a great example of a guy who fell off early, who hopefully gets another look down the road because his numbers say that he's one of the great center fielders of all time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I really think that there needs to be uh, a, a – Review committee, um, yes. for lack of a better uh, term, that's not the veterans committee. I think yep. there needs to be a sweeping review of players that got overlooked over the you know over the history yep. in the history of the game. Um, we can name right off the right now. I think we can name off maybe five to ten guys. You know, yep. Lofton, Dick Allen, the list goes Bill on Murphy. and on. Lou Whitaker. Bur- I mean, so you, you can name all these guys and say. You know, we talked about how important it is to, these guys, to, to, to players to, to be honored, you know, with the Hall of Fame um, as kind of validation of their careers, especially if they were good enough uh, and have the numbers. I think there needs to be a committee set up to look at everything yeah, and right the wrongs. And it doesn't mean you need to get rid of the Veterans Committee, but we've got a backlog here.
0: Yes, we do. You know, of a
2: lot of guys right. that you could look at all at once and say, even if it's just a one-time thing or one of these sweeping review committees happens every once in a while, every five years, right? Every five years, right? These wrongs, however, however, and if it, if it, if that's something that can take the place of the veterans committee is great. Cause right now the with the veterans committee, it's like, first of all, who knows who gets on the ballot each time. And then who knows, uh, I mean, and, and the way they vote again, they have limitations as well. How many you can choose and all that stuff. And the way like Dick Allen, Dick Allen should have been a Hall of famer a long, long time ago. And he fell yep. one vote short of the last veterans committee, uh, or the last time he was, when he was on the veterans committee. Mm -hmm. So I just think that there needs to be a big review and, and, and simultaneously a look at how the voting process needs to be altered as well, so that we don't have these people falling, you know, falling off the ballot or whatever. And so I, I do think there is something to be said about balance between being fair, but also not watering down the Hall of Fame too much. You, you guys know
0: uh, my stance here. I'm not. I'm not down on the process. I think the process. I you're right, Manny. Everything you said is makes perfect sense. Of another committee. I think it's who's voting is the problem, and that's no. no not yeah. I mean, I mean that's part of guys it. Guys being being writers' association members, but a committee like you're talking about could be more like the a cross yeah. section, like like college football playoff committee or any of these committees that are cross section of former players, of former executives. Things that we've talked about before. You guys, both of them. I want both of you to answer this question: Is there a chance that'll ever happen? Is there a chance that the Hall of Fame will ever say, "Listen, we need to expand the voting block because we need a, a better cross section of people from all corners of the, of the of the country, rather than just so be heavily based on the East Coast." Patrick, what do you think?
1: No, not exactly that that piece that you're talking about, Mark. I, I think I think altogether, I would I would lean more towards no than yes. Um, really? You know, simply, you just simply like the guys because, from MLB
0: Network should be voting.
1: Well, well, that that part, I'm definitely in favor of you know announcers. If you're doing play by play, radio, all that stuff, that that would be great. Um, I don't know how much more complicated that that becomes, and so maybe the Hall of Fame doesn't really want to mm-hmm. deal with that. Um, but but I lean more towards no, like like you know there won't really be too many sweeping changes simply because for the Hall of Fame, for the business, for the museum itself. I think the system works great, right? Like we're, we're talking about the system where, you know, we've, there's hours of times talking about the players and talking about Cooperstown and then the museum and the hall of fame, all that stuff. And then there's other hours where we're just talking about the voting format. And so, you know, getting in a bunch of guys all at once, you know, might not have the same benefit as, well, let's slowly have it, you know, trickle out. Let's have the contemporary errors committee slowly, but surely. So like guys like, you know, uh, the, the contemporary era committee is going to meet December of 2025. So Sheffield may not have to wait that long, but Kenny Lofton, he'll probably, let's say he could be on a, on a ballot like that. So could Dale Murphy. So could Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens mm-hmm. and Sammy Sosa, and Mark McGuire. And what we're talking about is the exact same issue that we've had the last decade plus is there's too many really good qualified players and not enough votes to go around. And that's a problem. But it's also one that can be fixed by again slowly, you know, letting these guys get in. But the problem of the steroid era and PEDs in the '90s and early 2000s is just going to have an impact for the next Great, yeah. years going forward. Yeah,
2: I think that, I think the I think the whole slow. I mean, the Hall of Fame is going to go. I mean, whatever changes are going to happen are probably going to happen slowly. And I think that's the very reason they need to have one of these kind of like even if it's just a one-time committee thing, just look back at everything right now because a lot of these guys are going to die. They're going to pass on. They're, they're not going to – you know, the time is going to go by and they're not going to get into the Hall of mm-hmm. Fame. Guys like Whitaker and these guys – and even Kenny Lofton, you know, who knows? Because, again, we don't we don't really know when or if they're going to get back on those bouts. That's the hard part. Yeah. Uh, and if you give them all a fair shake one time at least, at least we can say, we you know, they reviewed it for these guys. Yeah and they got another chance, and then, again, then at that point, maybe mm-hmm. reset the process a little bit, and, you know, again, we don't want to water down the Hall of Fame, but we also don't want to let leave guys out that definitely deserve to get in. There has to be a balance struck, yep. and I just think the Hall of Fame, if nothing else, they could at least maybe show us a little bit of progress in that direction, at least, like, we're looking into this. Yeah, that would be nice.
0: I, I'll ask both I haven't of them. heard anything I think, from
2: the Hall of Fame regarding, we're looking into this.
0: Patrick, I think I asked you this the other day. Um, who gets on the ballot initially? Who decides who's initially on the ballot to begin with? Because there's some guys' names that pop up on that ballot for the first time, and you're like, I don't think he belongs on the ballot. How do who do they who picks who gets on the ballot initially?
1: I sort of I felt like 15 years ago or more, there were more names of like this guy really, yeah, and I, I yeah. think that was because they either maybe had more more spots that were on the ballot and players weren't maybe. sticking around for quite as long. Um, but I mean, no, it, it's obviously everyone that that carries over that got the five percent right. are, are going to be on the, the next year's ballot. And then you know, while the ballot hasn't been released yet, I think it's it's really they're just looking at wins above replacement kind of to, really? to figure out. now some of the, some of the guys down at the bottom, yeah. uh, some of the guys at, at at the bottom of the the first year ballot guys that would be uh, you you might swap one of them out if if the if the guy that's you know the the first one that to get cut has maybe more postseason experience. Whatever there there might be some flip flopping, uh, but you have to have ten years of service time. That's the first and foremost. You, you've got to have that, right. and then from there, they're pretty much going to look at you know again. I guess that makes, that
0: makes this no makes sense anything else. Yeah. All right. Before we let you go, man, I know you guys got to run. Um, the next Rocky to be in the Hall of Fame. Who will that be? Has he
2: been born yet? Uh, no, I don't think he has. And really. I mean, it's just so early to tell with some guys. Um, there is a, there is a chance and Mark, you, you made it, you, you maintained this point for a while. I and do. You, you convinced me that Nolan Arnato could end up going in there as a Rocky. And, and, and I'll say what you said about it, which is if he, you know, if the rock, if the, if the Cardinals continue to, to kind of flounder
1: mm-hmm. and if they
2: don't, you know, rebound, which it's hard to imagine them not because that's a proud franchise, but, uh, if 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 it doesn't work out and Arenado, you know, gets traded or what have you, and he plays for say you know a couple more teams before it's all said and done, well, in the Rockies, you know, because the Hall of Fame chooses in the end, yeah. they have the final say on the on the on the cap. Mm-hmm. I think then, because he became a star with the Rockies, I think nine nine of his Gold Gloves or eight of his Gold Gloves came with the Rockies. Mm-hmm. Then he might go in as a Rocky. Other than that, I don't see that person um, right now. Uh, he may not have been born yet. He may be a kid. He may be coming up through the system right now. Um maybe it's Nolan Jones. I mean, if but he's we only seen, you know, hundred games from Nolan, 120 games from Nolan Jones. So it's hard to say, but there's nobody that stands out right now that you can say he, that guy has a real good chance. Patrick Zeke
0: Tovar got a chance to become a star player. You gotta, you gotta take Same. this one step at a time. You become a star player before you obviously become someone that twenty years from now is worthy of the Hall of Fame
1: sure yeah he's he's got a long way to go I mean it's just so incredibly long it, it's yep. I I look at the Hall of Fame and, and saying hey when's when's the next time a Rocky gets in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. I think some people hear that as a Rockies player gets in the Hall of Fame okay. and then a member of the Rockies gets in the Hall of Fame because if you go to the Hall of Fame or if, if you if you travel the country and, and you look at uh you know the St. Louis Cardinals. They'll have they've got shirts. In fact, they sell them in Cooperstown of like you know says St. Louis Cardinals and then all the Hall of Famers on the back. It's it's a guy who might have had five at bats yeah, with the Cardinals right. and like that's that fair. guy's on the list. So when people say, "Oh, Todd Helton was the second Rocky in the Hall of Fame," they're actually wrong. It's Jim Leland is the second Rocky in huh. the Hall of Fame. Todd Helton ironic. True. Um, but yeah, there there's four guys that. Uh, have potential to get in the 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 hall of fame here that you can make a case for it. As you kind of said earlier, Mark Dale Murphy, uh, who I think will be the next guy that was a part of the Rockies uh, getting in the hall of fame, Nolan Arenado, the obvious choice. And that'll, I think his <clears throat> final year of his contract is 2027. And so, because you have to wait uh, five years, they say you wait five years, but it's actually, the math is more like six, uh, five years, you'll get on the ballot, but you'll get in the next year. So add one to that. So 2033 20, would be the earliest that Arenado would get into if there. he doesn't
0: play past the end of this current contract. Correct. If he might. doesn't
1: play past uh Andre I think has a really he's got he's gotta overcome a lot of hurdles yeah. and a lot of guys yeah. kind of have to get out of his way. Yep. So that's very much a long shot but I think there's much more of a case to be made there than people might realize. And then Mm -hmm. a baseball lifer, which you don't see a ton of those guys just get in who's a baseball lifer. But if you think about the life inside of baseball that Don Zimmer had, I was going to say, Don say, Hey, you know what? Maybe this is a, this is a guy. Lifetime achievement award, right? Sure. All right. I got, I got, I got two good things for you on the hall of fame right now. So since 2020 seven players have been voted into the hall of fame by the BBWA and only four franchises have had two players get in: hmm. Cardinals, Red Sox, Twins, and the Colorado Rockies.
0: How about that, well, Manny, you can tip your hat because you got uh, Larry
2: Walker in. You and Tracy Ringles, we got Larry Walker in. Yeah, so. yeah, I wouldn't say that it was just us, but that's a, that's another conversation. I think uh, I'm still trying to I'm still trying to figure out where Dan's uh, video recorder went—the one that recorded that thing at the Blake Street Tavern—because I think it's that should be encased and put right next to Walker's plaque because I think that was a that that video of that that went around social media was a huge part of it um and Dan you know a lot of people called Dan and said what why are you in on this and he, he, he made the case so okay, but, he's a big part of it but uh, yeah I mean it's really cool that the Rockies have two uh Hall of Famers I mean I'm not even a Rockies fan I didn't grow up around here but just to see that they're the, the chorus thing is become is becoming not a is not a barrier as much anymore. Yep. Um, it's a big deal. That's why the 79.7, almost 80%, that was a big number. This guy oh, spent yeah. his whole career, Todd Helton, no in the Rockies uniform. That's a big deal. Fixed
0: yet, but at least Todd Helton's part of it now, and we can we can turn that page and look towards towards the future of the Colorado Rockies. Thanks for joining us, Manny. appreciate it. You bet. Back, back, Take back, care, back, guys. Back, back to wrap up the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast right after this. Stay with us. We're back with Bruce Hellerstein, the owner of the National Ballpark Museum across from Coors Field. Bruce, a lot of baseball fans probably haven't been there. Tell them what they're missing.
1: Well, Mark, uh, we're the only museum
2: that is totally dedicated to the old classic ballparks, as well as the history of uh, baseball here in Denver and Colorado.
1: We pride ourselves on being the home of those activities so people can uh, appreciate them and With respect to the old ballparks,
2: uh, I look at it, not only are they classic in built location, they are American treasures. How can one... Think of America without mentioning the Fenways and the Wrigleys, for example. Tell them what they got to do to come see you. Well, we're open regular hours from 11 to 5 daily, with the exception of Sunday. And when we have Rocky home games, we will expand those hours as needed. you
0: got to come see it, Bruce. It's a wonderful place, the National Ballpark Museum on Blake Street, just across from Coorsfield. Bruce, thanks. My pleasure, Mark. And that'll do it for another episode of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. Our thanks to Manny Randau from MLB.com for returning for a guest appearance. There'll be more of those. And of course, as always, thanks to you for listening. Helton's a Hall of Famer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by
2: subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on
0: YouTube.